0: Can you believe that Disney Lurcana released just over a week ago and we've already had a 1K event to discuss? We've had over 100,000 games played in Pixelborn with stats to back it up to show you what the top five decks are across the 100 best players on Pixelborn. we got a lot to cover today in this weekly meta report. Let's get into it. The meta at a glance is one that we have to really take into consideration for a couple different reasons. Now, there was a 1K this week, and that is great because it means that stores are already ready to go. They're already ramping up. They believe in their competitive scene that they were going to show up. And with that, you have to kind of take some information with a little bit of eh, smudges, a little bit of asterisks, right? Because what happens is, with the game only being released a week ago, with a limited availability in local game stores, Lots of players that might be showing up to play in these events simply don't actually have the best versions of decks because they're working with limited card pool. We're going to see some of this, uh, in my opinion, from the 1K event and some of the deck lists we're going to look at from that. But it's also just the living, breathing fact that right now with just the amount of ways to actually acquire cards, we don't have the availability to just build whatever we want whenever we want unless players are truly willing to spend a little bit extra just to get there so after the week one of kind of the stats in 1k events some of the stuff i've seen from league posted on twitter and posted on facebook and things like that there's plenty to be discussed but we do have to understand that it's very likely for the next few weeks you're going to see a constant buff in different decks for different card availability as more and more cards are released into the wild through big box stores. Let's get into some of the facts. This week in Crossville, Tennessee, there was a 1K for Disney Larkana, and it was paying out in cash. They had a wonderful 39-player showing, and there was some alarm about that, saying, like, oh, I can't believe they only got 39 players, etc. We got 60 players for starter deck, 70 players for starter deck. And while I hear all that, people have to understand that when it comes to a competitive event it's not the same vibe as a starter deck event starter deck event or release event weekends whatever you're doing in that fashion is very inviting to all players and mostly new players so week one having these incredible numbers for the game was wonderful but you can't just convert everybody within a week to show up and start paying 30 35 for entry fees to play in a 1k event especially when They might not have even gotten more than their starter deck to begin with. So 39 players week one, honestly, shout out to them. I think they did awesome. I think that's a wonderful showing for the game in week one. But let's discuss the top eight real quickly. So the top eight consisted of six Ruby Amethyst decks, one Amethyst Steel, or I'm sorry, one Amethyst Sapphire, and one Ruby Emerald Evasive. Now, again, people are a little worried. People are like, oh, my God. Ruby Amethyst is everywhere. What are we going to do? Guys, it's week one. Week one. Lots of time for the meta to evolve and develop. Lots of players that haven't even really played the game at a high level or have tried to evolve or tried to adapt. Even the decks themselves, I can guarantee you the Ruby Amethyst deck that had, had success this week will look completely different next week or at least five or six or seven or eight or ten cards different. So just chill out. Let the game evolve. Let the weeks continue. Next week, we have PPG Denver, and that's basically a 1K also. More reports coming that on very, very soon. Stay tuned to this channel. If not, hit that subscribe button. I will be reporting everything there is to do with the PPG circuit, and there is some news coming on that tomorrow, I believe. Be on the lookout for it. But, again, so you may see this overwhelming uh, six decks, all the same, a little bit different in variations as you'll see as we look at some of them. But all in all, the, you know, the proof of concept is, in, is there. Ruby Amethyst is a good deck. No debate, no doubt, it's a good deck. Now it's going to be about what other decks can contest it, how can you pressure it, all these different things that we're going to start to develop and be able to test, With the information now working, that this is a deck that people intend to bring to tournaments. The moment that that is absolute public information, every other deck in the game, every other player in the game has this new incentive to find ways to crack the code, to find ways to alter the matchups, to find the little niche things within the game that make a difference in those matchups. And I can 100% guarantee you those things will happen. The cracks in the armor will start. And you'll definitely see an evolving meta. If not next week, I imagine over the course of September, as more and more information and more and more tournament reports come out, which we will be covering as many as we possibly can on this channel in the weekly updates. And we're going to see how it all goes. But for now, let's take a look at the deck list. To start, it absolutely has to be the deck of the week. Ruby Amethyst Control has... A lot going for it. It had a very strong representation of the first 1K event, and for that, can't help but give it the deck of the week. It also has an incredibly strong presence in the pixel born metagame as well. So, again, deck of the week is definitely 100% Ruby Amethyst Control. As you can see here, it has board control abilities with Be Prepared, Dragon's Fire, Rafiki, Maui spoiler alert you might even be able to find Zeus depending on how the meta game goes he might be inserted get a little bit better might be a little bit underplayed right now we'll have to see what the meta looks like but it's another card that adds to that board control presence it has a plethora of late game win conditions maleficent aladdin elsa ursa all of these games can all of these cards can truly carry a game and bring you all the lore you need for victory and of course it has the card roll, it has the ability to continuously refill its hand and just always threaten the game in every single state. From turn three on, as the moment you can start playing friends with, friends on the other side, it's going to pressure very, very well. So here's our first deck list from the 1K Lorcana event. And this deck is really, really close to, uh, I would say, a pretty rough, ref- like, unrefined deck in the game. Looking at it and looking at the numbers, you can see there's lots of four ofs, there's not a lot of one ofs except the one of Ursula here. Um I believe that this is the type of deck that because of the amount of draw power you have, because of the amount of staying power in the game, you have a lot of different ways that you can build this and succeed with it and you have a lot of room for additional one cost characters. Having a one of Dr. Facilier, having you know, other, a one of stitch for three lore, like just all these different little indications that you can really get away with when you start putting these pieces together and you just don't need all these four ofs. That's my opinion. We'll see how it does evolve over course. This was just one of the top four for the event. And again, there were six of these in top eight. We did not see all six of the deck list. We've only seen four of the which was basically only the top four. However, uh, just to to note again, there was no clear-cut winner in this event. It was a top four split, so there's not any which one player that we can claim that this was, quote, the best deck of that particular event. They decided to take a split, and as a competitive player, when cash is on the line and top four splits are available, it's always okay to take the cash. Risk, reward, eh. It's always okay to take the cash and take the splits. Trust me. Now, here's the other version. this is the complete opposite, and nothing against this player whatsoever, but when I look at this particular list, it screams to me, budget. Uh, this would definitely be the budget version of this deck, not having any Elsas is a clear cut sign telling me that it's more of a budget, playing 4 Ursulas, spoiler alert guys, in case you don't know, uh, you can get 4 Ursulas for like $40, but 1, 1 Elsa? costs like $60. So it's not a shock to me that this is the route that this player may have won. Stay on budget. And if I'm that player, me to him, the split was like, you know, a thousand dollars or the split was probably uh, $800. So they all took $200 each. I'm the kind of guy that I would took that $200. I would have went and bought my else's and I made my deck infinitely better for the next week. That's what I would have done. Just saying. <laughs> you can also see here that he has the Mickey broom combo, which is quite different from the other one. No Sergeant Tibbs, less mirrors, less Rafiki's. Um, yeah, and no Elsa, which is obviously the big tell. He also has a couple Jetsums there that are hard to see uh, above the Mickey Mouse's there. So definitely some different choices in this one. And again, succeeded, got there, was able to hit top four, win his two hundred bucks. Shout out to this guy. The other deck lists uh, the so specifically, guys. The other Ruby amethyst deck list is basically like a combination of both of these things so not much to really talk about it further one kind of just the giant mesh of it until we get like a for sure complete version of it there's a lot of ways and interchangeable cards for this deck i think early on depending on what your predicted meta game is in your local area or at a greater event like pbg denver we'll see so this is the amethyst sapphire list and you can see here that it is 15 cards and straight four ofs and he went all in on the legendary. So this is definitely far from a budget deck. Four Bell, four Elsa, four Hades. Uh, yeah, great. Lots of lots of power here, lots of drawing going on here. Um, a fair, it's fair share of removal. Having the fills makes your Archimedes and your grandma Tellas and your Mickey Mouses all a lot better. Having additional ways to draw cards to fill for Belle with Queen, with Maleficent, with friends on the other side. It's all great. And then having that top-end removal of Let It Go and Hades, another wonderful thing. Great ways to protect your Maleficents. Same thing with Elsa. The one thing that I'm honestly shocked about this particular list is the fact that he has no other Elsas in it. I would love for this list to just cut a couple of these things down. Put three or four Elsas in the list, whether it be the three costs, likely the three costs, don't get me wrong, you should be playing that card. Or even maybe the four costs, just to have a shiftable way to get more ahead in the game with Elsa. Uh, that's the one thing I think this list is missing for sure. I think that you can do other things to make this. Again, it's 15 four ofs. You can play with the numbers a bunch. You can add a bunch of unique, interesting things. You know, this particular list does not have a magic mirror. It doesn't have a pocket watch. Uh, it doesn't have any Zeus. It doesn't have any Rafiki. Like, it can definitely play with these numbers a bit. I'm personally not a big fan of Scar, so the first card I'm removing from this list is the Four of Scars. See you later. That's four cards right there that I can really start playing with and enjoying because I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of that card whatsoever. Huge shout-out to the store. 1K in Tennessee one week after the release of the game. That's a big bet on yourself. They got 39 players. On average, if the event costs $30, they definitely paid for themselves in the event. I hope they were able to sell some sleeves, sell some water, sell some candy, make even more profit on the day, because shout out to these guys for making the effort and getting the ball rolling on competitive play. With that, let's talk Pixelborn. So Pavel was very kind to release some Pixelborn stats for us, and Gilly was able to make a graph for it, which is great. Now, what this graph is representing is Pixelborn's top five decks by total games played from the top 100 players data provided by Pixelborn August 18, 2023 to August 25, 2023. So the top 100 players, I mean, seriously, guys, think about this. for Top 100 players played almost 6,500 games. That's a lot of games. It's, it's pretty impressive, in all honesty. Like, shout out to the commitment, boys. It, it's, it's incredible. Boys and girls, I'm sorry. Didn't mean to take that way. Shout out to you guys. Incredible showing already for one week of Pixelborn. Great numbers. Let's break them down. Of those 6,467 games played, Ruby Amethyst has 2,293 wins. Emerald Amber has 1,508 wins. Amber Steel has 1,301 wins. Sapphire Amber has 792 wins, Amethyst Steel has 573 wins, and the remaining other 2,647 wins are from a variety of decks. What's very interesting and honestly not shocking about this particular set of data here is that it's a lot of what we've been hearing. There are two very interesting things on this. Uh, The Amber Steel and the Sapphire Amber are two decks that probably haven't gotten a whole lot of hype there's been a lot of conversation there's been i wouldn't even say there's been a lot of conversation around them there has been a couple little itty bitty reports of these decks in existence but nothing to really show for it um in terms of it didn't show up in this 1k event you don't really see a whole lot of highlights or it on youtube or in facebook or anything like that there was a nice article put out the other day i'll put it in the description below it was a really interesting take similar to maybe even utilizing this information i think they did and may have come out in the same day but they were from two different people i'm not i don't know if there's a connection or not regardless um the amber steel is a very interesting deck that is starting to get a little more hype the sapphire amber is a very interesting concept utilizing the amber draw power instead of utilizing the amethyst draw power and giving yourself a little bit different of win conditions, a little more protection for your big, beefy characters, such as your Maleficent, such as your Mufasa's, um, you know, anything else that you're really, like, trying to protect in the game. Being able to heal it with Rapunzel and draw more cards and things like that is all very, very good and very, very powerful. So there's a lot of really interesting things that could, you know, make that Sapphire uh, Amber deck very dangerous to a metagame. We'll have to see how that develops in the coming weeks. The amethyst steel, in my opinion, very likely either one of two things. It's either aggro or it's mid range, or maybe has a slight control, but probably aggro or mid range. But since it's not specific to exactly what these decks are in terms of like model or type, you know, we can all make the assumption that ruby amethyst is control. We can all make the assumption that emerald amber is aggro. We can make the assumption that amber steel is. Um, Mid range, but the others can't necessarily be confident in what they're doing because they have the ability to do a couple different things for a couple different ways. All in all, thanks again to Pavel for releasing this. Thanks again to Gillybyte for creating this awesome graph to talk about. Lots of really great hype. I also can already confirm there was over a hundred thousand games played across Disney Lurkana, or I'm sorry, across Pixelborn for Disney Lurkana which is ridiculous in an opening week. 100,000 games in a week. Shout out to Pavel. Congrats to him. Doing a great job. Keep it up, man. Awesome. Let's move on to the next. So a potential deck on the rise is what I was just talking about a little bit ago. It is the Steel Amber mid-range deck. That's what I would call this deck. And mostly because it's doing a lot of things and it gives itself really a bunch of different ways to win games, which is very interesting having the draw power of Rapunzel, having Ariel, having Stitch, having the board control aspects of grab your sword, Tinkerbell, and fire the cannons. And then, of course, it has this overall interesting package of cards that just frustrates opponent. Being able to pressure the game with Lilo's, being able to protect your cards so very well with Maximus, and when you need to, just a whole new world to refill your hand and start over it really does a lot of interesting playlines. It pressures the game state in many different ways. It has the ability to be an aggro or be a control based on its matchup It's in. In the hands of a truly good player and one that understands the deck very well, it has basically all the tools that you need to succeed in the game, in all honesty. This is a deck that I think is very under the radar. I don't think a lot of people have really uh seen it in action yet and it hasn't been covered on many platforms if you're looking for a specific deck deck list for the link you can check and join the discord below this is something that i posted the other day and it's been something a deck that i've been playing for a few days and even other teammates of the tfm have been giving it a go and all having a lot of success with it deck is very good very fun very powerful and very under the radar hit that up hit hit me up join the discord get involved Last but not least, we're here, it's the weekly report, and we have to do it. We gotta rank our inks. So, what do you guys think right now, before I get there, before we before we hit it, before we go to comments, let me know. If the information's been helpful, hit that like button. If this is your first time here, hit that subscribe button. If you want to see more videos like this, I'm going to be doing these as often as possible. Definitely after tournaments of a big week, of a 1K late Tennessee, of the PPG events, We have a 1K coming up in New Jersey that's at the end of September. I'll be reporting on that. Anything that's of value that has a high competitive stake in mind, I will be highlighting on the weekly report just like this one. So hit that subscribe button if you enjoy this type of content. Now, in the comments below, what is your number one ink? Before we go forward, before I reveal mine, what is your number one ink of the week? Let me know in the comments. Let's see if you are right. So it is... With a very, very heavy heart that I have to admit that Team Amethyst, hashtag Team Amethyst, shout out to my boy Heath from BR Guest. Amethyst is number one, and it's just because it's everywhere at the top of the ladder. We saw it. It has already successfully been six of the top eight, three of a top four of the first 1K. It's the number one deck. And the number one represented ink in the entire Pixelborn database. Amethyst goes for head. It's 100% the best complementary color to so many different ink strategies. And, and it even has solid win conditions that we have seen now between Elsa to winner and Ursula. Kind of packs it all, has the removal, has the draw, has the win condition. It is covering so many bases in one single ink that it's absolutely the best ink in the game. Now, for rank number two, it's Amber. And I know that it seems obvious, but I don't think people understand how much Amber is actually doing for so many different decks. It really is just slightly. I mean, just just a little bit under Amethyst. It can do most of the things that Amethyst does except slightly more difficult, but it has a little bit more repetitive nature to it and a lot more swinger cards to it. While friends with friends on the other side is a wonderful card to exert your three-cost character, draw two cards, well, if you can play on turn four, play your Rapunzel and heal two or three damage from a card and then draw two or three cards, and on top of that, get a two-lore character in play, ah that's actually better than friends on the other side if if you can set your turns up to get away with these things you are really far ahead in the game and then the crazier thing is even when you can't you can do other weird walky things like playing using just on time ahead of curve to play out maximus and bodyguards and things like that which like nothing on the planet can even damage enough so you can protect your cards that you need to run your maximus into something get damage on it, play your Rapunzel, heal it up, all very, very powerful things, all very, very good things, and it does a lot more than that as well, It's it really does have just as many good playables as Amethyst, but Amethyst still gets a little bit of the above, because the end game for Amethyst is probably definitely a little bit better than the end game for Amber. Coming in at third is Ruby, listen, again, top deck in the game, uh, Six of eight six of eight in the top eight of the first one gay three of four in the first one gay number one deck in pixelborn after a week in season one Ruby's really showing it the removal of be prepared dragon's fire maui really a great compliment to any deck that you want it to be doing a lot of great things steel is gonna be in the number four again at the end of the day steel might actually be suffering because of the three colors ahead of it currently succeeding the moment that more aggressive decks come out uh steel will just slowly rise back up to the top because the reason why the core reason why aggro is having slightly more difficulty is because aggro has the ability to pressure the amethyst ruby control deck very well but it has almost no matchup in steel so you have to be very hesitant in understanding that when you're building your you know your aggro decks that you just kind of have to lose the steal, or you have to just dodge. Listen, there's a strategy in card games, in tournaments, and the tournament, sometimes you go to an event and you just say, I can't beat this, and that's okay. If I dodge it, I'm going to succeed, and if I miss, and if I hit it, I'm going to go home early. But that's okay sometimes in tournaments. Sometimes you make that gamble, you make that roll of dice. It's a live and you learn. You you have to understand you can't win every event. you got to gamble every once in a then. And sometimes when you gamble and you hit big, you win big. Nonetheless, Steel right there in the middle there, kind of just under the radar because its best matchups aren't succeeding, its worst matchups are succeeding, and you're trying to find a way to really get over the hump of turning your mid-range Steel decks into being able to pressure well enough against the more controlling uh, Ruby and Amethyst and Sapphire control decks. Then we get Sapphire, which is... a bit of a shock to some people but realistically if you really paid attention to that list sapphire's not on it very often it's just not the only deck that's the only color that's on it less than sapphire is emerald which is why emerald is the worst deck of the, the worst ink of this particular week and i'm not saying emerald's bad i'm not saying that sapphire's bad i'm saying that the other inks right now are doing way more than these two in general while it does offer a lot it has a lot of playability it has a lot of unique cards It just kind of seems that early on that you're just behind the eight ball on all the other inks. The lack of draw power in both of them, while you can argue that Emerald creates a lot of card advantage in a negative manner to your opponent, it still means that you're kind of just in on your own draw. And when you just don't have the cards that you need in the order that you need them, your draws are wonky and you just come up short in games. And Sapphire is the same way. Like, yes, it's great when you can hit your ramp early play your big guys early, move on with life, but when you can't, then you're kind of just stuck with a bunch of cards in your hand with a lot of not success. So that's what it is. All in all, I think it's been a wonderful first week of Disney Larkana in the competitive scene. Huge shout out to Tennessee one more time for hosting the 1k event, giving out the reports. I can't wait to hear more about it uh, the owner of the shop is going to be on the Illumiteers live stream, which I believe is streaming tonight. If this video comes out in the morning, you'll see that tonight. So be sure to check that out uh, and see what he has to say about the event. And then of course, shout out to Pavel, obviously always for you know the wonderful Pixelborn pixel client and for releasing those stats to us so we can even talk about them in general and give the public feedback of what we think about the game. The last thing I want to say is, Again, I started with this early. It's an evolving metagame, it's an evolving door. We're gonna keep evolving, we're gonna keep finding ways to kink the armor of the quote top decks, the quote best decks. It will continuously happen as more events come, as bigger events come. If we look to October, where we have a potential 5k coming up in October, we have Miami TCG Con, which is definitely going to be a big event. I promise you, uh if you haven't if you haven't made a decision yet about going to Miami, you heard it from Himi. first. I'm the guy that reported from George that told you about the PBG events. I'm also the guy telling you that you're going to want to be in Miami. It's going to be worth the ticket. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's a million artists coming. It's not really a million. It's like 10 or 11 or 12 at this point. If you want to enjoy the con and check out the artist section, that's great, but the gaming section is going to be a straight extravaganza. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be big. It's going to be huge. It's going to be massive. I'm excited to be a part of it in a big way and I can't wait to tell you more about it. But for now, heard it from me first. You want to go to Miami. I promise you. Come join us in Miami. I'll be there. Scott's going to be there. Might even have more friends there. Lots of other content creators there. It's going to be a great place to show up. You heard it from me first. Nonetheless, we're going to call it on that on the video. If you, if again, if you liked it, smash that thumb, give me the like up. If you're not, hit that subscribe button. If you're looking for more videos like this, we've been doing weekly meta reports. Well, kind of like bi-weekly at this point, but bi-weekly meta reports on the average. And we're gonna continue to do these as more and more events happen and there's more and more to things to report on because the meta is only going to evolve when there's actual stakes involved. League play is great. Playing for $1,000, way different than playing for one packet league. Different stakes, different different type of players show up to that, and we're going to see the best information from those competitive events. I'm looking forward to this weekend for PPG Denver. I may have a good announcement on that also coming by the end of the week, so if you're looking forward to PPG Denver, check in on the content regular. Follow me on the socials. I'll have all the information as soon as I'm allowed to post about it. Thanks, you guys. For watching the day enjoy your week and as we approach week two of disney larkana meta and pbg denver can't wait see you guys in the next one